Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Emma Holmes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Swidey-Likens. This show must really be special because we got Rob Britton sticking around for an extra hour. Is he doing the show? He's doing the show. Wow. He's excited. He loves AFC Championship football. He said, you know what? Whoever normally does the show on Wednesday nights... I got it. Rob's getting married this year. Okay. All right. Well, anyways. Yeah. You know who else is going to get a ring this year? Another Chiefs players. I, you think they're getting another one. Well, they got to get by Sunday first. That's the key. You already told me you're not worried about Sunday. You've already put it in the bag. The Chiefs are going to win. So I don't, um, I don't need to worry about it anymore. Can we have a quick discussion, though? What just, do you want to talk about? Just real raw, right out of the shoot. No, no legs on it. No pre-production. Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yay or nay? Well, he is. I know, but yay or nay on the hire. Yeah, I think you needed to hire somebody of that caliber and coming off a championship at the college level, you got to eventually give your franchise quarterback some stability. And Mm so uh, Justin Herbert uh, needed that. I actually like the hires for both of the teams in the division. I, I think you had to bring Antonio Pierce and knock off the the interim uh, for for that head coaching position, and I I think John Harbaugh was probably the hottest candidate out there uh, in terms of what you need uh, for your quarterback, and and so you see the Chargers go and do it, and uh, I think all the the writing was on the wall. I, you know, I think we even we saw when Harbaugh was still talking at Michigan for the tournament and championship week, you kind of tell that this was it. So yeah. uh, it wanted to go off with a. A title victory for his alma mater, got that done, and now he comes back to the NFL. He's like the coaching LeBron. LeBron went to Cleveland, mm-hmm. won a title for the land, and then was like, I'm going to L.A. Right. That's exactly what happened here. Well, if you bring a championship, it, it's kind of forgiven when you, you leave because you, you brought glory to the, the team, mm-hmm. in LeBron's case, the program in Harbaugh's case, and now he comes back into the NFL with his brother. And as you noted before we got on the air, Mm -hmm. you get a Chargers-Ravens matchup next year. Yes, you do. The AAFC West plays the AFC North next year. You're going to put in a future on it? What am I putting a future on? Who's going to win that? Who's going to win that matchup? No. All right. Just asking. Okay. You know who's a big Cleveland basketball fan? That guy. Rob? Big time. Big Cavs fan. Has shirts, jerseys. Why is that? I don't have any idea. Probably because LeBron got drafted there and he was still in high school. Well, and we could always come over and root for the Knicks. Okay. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think he's going to enjoy the other East uh, team that you know has more titles than the Knicks in the last 20 years. Well, look out. We got made that trade, and you never yeah. know. Uh, so let's talk about Buffalo real quick because we're moving on. It's already Wednesday. we got to get into Baltimore. We're going to get into Ron Kopp at 615, and the injury report that is massive this week that has me kind of have some butterflies in my stomach. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um Buffalo game, you had mentioned that game could have gone both ways. It could have gone either Buffalo's favored way or the Chiefs' favored way. Why so? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt toward the end of it a last team who has the ball type of game. You didn't expect them to miss what I think we'd estimate as a, a very makeable field goal. I think both teams made mistakes throughout the game, and, uh, you know, it, it could have cost the Chiefs. It, it didn't end up doing it. It ended up costing uh, Buffalo. I think the positive from the game that I took away is that the offense seemed to be ticking a little bit better. I was I was diving back into the uh, possession chart that you have, and the Chiefs had seven possessions, and two of them came uh, at the end of the game, and, and one was uh, at the end of the half where they had the ball. I'm not counting those. So the scorable possessions, the seven uh, of them, they scored five times, and they had touchdowns on three of them, and it probably should have been a fourth touchdown. Mm-hmm. And so I think you come out of that game, and especially because they did it on the road, feeling really good about what this offense can do. I certainly feel better about it. I thought the game was going to be really close. It was. It uh, came down to, to three points. Uh, and because the, the offense ticked a little bit better and uh, was playing with more confidence, gaining the yards, and, and the, the main thing was – getting the ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Now I think you suddenly draw more confidence heading into to Baltimore. You know, I I feel good about the Chiefs going into Baltimore where I was a little bit nervous uh maybe about last Sunday. Is Buffalo dead to the Chiefs now or is it depend on what they do with their offseason moves cuz there's a lot of reconstructuring going down and uh, you got to raise that uh, that franchise. And I mean by raised, I mean like you got to build now from the ground back up. Yeah, I think this version of the Bills uh, was beaten by the Chiefs in all the important games. Uh, we're going to go into future iterations of what the Mahomes Chiefs look like. We're kind of in number two already because you take mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill out of that lineup and it becomes a different team. And I just think in this first chapter of Mahomes and Allen with their initial teams, the Chiefs won. The Chiefs won that proverbial battle. I think this will probably be like three or four chapters of Allen against Mahomes, but you're right. Like his cast of characters is going to look a lot different now that their cap changes a, a bit. And so uh, I don't think this is the end for Josh Allen. I think he put it right when he said, uh, well, the good news is we woke up today. That's what he had to say. It's so nice. And so, and so, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be back, but it won't look the same. It'll be different. And uh, he'll I'll try to get over the hump of what may end up being as of next year, a three time Super Bowl champion. If they're able to get by Mm -hmm. Sunday and then take care of business two Sundays after that random hot take alert. How many picks would you give for Josh Allen if Buffalo were to try to trade him? If you're the chiefs? No, I'm saying like, if you're Buffalo and you know, you got to go against the cap and you've failed with this four year window, you don't need a quarterback. If you're Kansas city. Stop. I'm saying Buffalo. What if Buffalo were to trade Josh Allen? Like, what would they need in return? Yeah. First, second, third? Or two firsts, a second, and a third? I would imagine. We've seen crazier things. Like, if Tyreek Hill got five picks, uh-huh. I mean, that would have to be the baseline because this is now a franchise top five, top ten quarterback. Because right? we know Gabe Davis ain't coming back the way he was acting on the sidelines. And I feel like Stephon Diggs has worn out his welcome. I think you would need three first-rounders. Mm. Is that, isn't that crazy? I mean, that's not crazy, right, for Josh Allen? Atlanta would be a hell of a this spot is, for Josh This is crazy talk. Okay, they're I'm not, just saying hot take alert. They're not trading Josh Allen. If <laughs> anything, they'll get rid of McDermott before they do Allen. Could get rid of everybody. This is crazy talk. Okay. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. So, working the side gig today, mm. everyone's, you know, 
not everyone, but a few people, hey, what's the status? Where are the injuries at? What's going to happen Sunday? I don't, I don't know. But the injuries come out. You know, obviously, I've got a few people that I'm, you know, locked in on. You is one of them. And the Chiefs injury report came out today. Some interesting names. Obviously, I knew that Willie Gay was going to be on that list. I knew that Joe Tooney was going to be on that list. But there are others. Please cool me down on the hot worriness here, Pete, with the other names that you're about to mention. Yeah, let's go through the DNPs did not practice. Trey Smith with an illness. Not, nothing to worry about. Sure. Joe Tooney with his pec injury. I think. I think that he's not going to be available for this game. Should the Chiefs win, he's working toward three weeks from now, which will be mm-hmm. uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco popped up with an ankle and toe issue, uh, did not practice. I think he'll be able to go on on Sunday. Uh, I asked him at the podium, and he said absolutely. But I, okay. you never want the toe designation with the running back, so I do think it is something to watch. Uh, Derek Nottie didn't practice. He had the tricep injury from what you could see in the locker room with this gigantic brace on his arm and so through social out. media. I don't think he's playing yet. Yeah. Mike Edwards still trying to work his way through the concussion protocol. We'll see about that. Charmary Connor was very good. So I think that's a good thing. Your limited participants, Blaine Gabbert. Oh Leg- no. Legereus Sneed, oblique and calf injury. Sneed is just maintenance. He'll be fine. Okay. Willie Gay was also limited. I didn't see Willie Gay in practice, but apparently he practiced in a limited capacity, hmm. which is a very, very good sign uh, because the, the Chiefs need Gay when it comes to managing Lamar Jackson. Other injuries to know. Sky Moore still on injured reserve. Did not practice after a setback last week at knee. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it at this stage, at least for this year, whether he plays or not really doesn't matter. Uh, Prince Tego Winogo returned to practice today. Uh, quad injury. Uh, he was on injured reserve. He's still on injured reserve, but a full participant. Uh, just a little bit of depth along the line. I don't see him starting or anything, but a, a lengthy Chiefs injury report list. And so now on the Ravens side, mm-hmm. one of their guards didn't practice. Kevin Ziedler, uh just rest. He'll be okay. The other one to watch, Marlon Humphrey, hasn't played since week 17. He was a limited participant with that calf issue. Mark Andrews is the big one. Still on injured reserve, but a full participant. He is expected to play on Sunday, which is a huge boost for the Ravens. So the Ravens are winning this injury battle, if you want to call it that. So you mean to tell me they're going to have Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews on the field at the same time? Yeah, I talked to Justin Reed about that today, asking about the return of Mark Andrews. And and he thinks, you know, they're going to use a lot more of that 12 personnel with them on the field uh, at the same time. So... That's something to watch, but he also added this, that Chiefs will have a plan for both of them. Sure. So a little bit of swag at the end there. Guy's been out for the majority of the season, like Mm -hmm. half the season. So Um, Isaiah Pacheco is the one that caused me to have a few knots in my stomach because he's been the X factor for this offense. Mm -hmm. This offense runs through Isaiah Pacheco. This offense is set up by Isaiah Pacheco. I mean – 15 carries, 89 yards the week before against Miami was the key focal point to get everybody going in that offense. That's what really kind of started this new wave of this Chiefs offense. And like you said, I had the same thought process. Running back and toe injury, never good. No, and and when it, it is specifically the toe on the injury report, that's what I think gives you a little bit of pause uh, because, uh, you know, we've seen – in the past with these backs and and it just says toe it doesn't say turf toe but they're always like a little hindered by that Mm -hmm. but look he said he's going to be fine uh the training staff for the chiefs has been very good we have seen what they've done when mahomes 
uh, has had toe issues at, at this time of year, manages to play. And so uh, it, it's a big one. It's something to watch uh, for sure because he just has become so important for what the offense does. But, uh, hey, I'm going to take his word for it right now. Yep. He runs, what do they say? He runs like he's trying to bite people. That's, I think, what somebody described he, him he as. He wanted, and kudos to him for clarifying this today, he isn't a zombie. Yeah. He, he wanted to make sure people knew that. Thank you for clarifying that, Pete. Uh, Chief Editor at Arrowhead Pride. Remember, at the end of the show, 645, yo, Pete, 913-586-7610. You can ask Pete whatever you would like when it comes to a question for the AP Mailbag. But coming up on the other side, Ron Kopp Jr., their lead film analyst, joins the show to break down what was that Buffalo game and what we might be able to see when it comes to Baltimore versus Kansas City in this AFC Championship game at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Rob Brenton's here, Pete Sweeney, myself, Dusty Likens. This is Aaron Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio on a Wednesday evening, a very gloomy Wednesday. I did my little lap around the upper deck, and it is uh, it looks like a horror film outside. What do you mean? Just very foggy. Mm. You know what I mean? You know? Drive slow. Yep. Drive slow. Be safe. Listen to 610 Sports Radio. Enjoy this full hour. If it takes you 30 minutes to get home, make it, make it take 45. Yeah, that's what we got left of the show. Okay. Get Ron Cop on the line. All right, ready? Yep. We're joined every Wednesday night, as we always are, by Ron Cop Jr. We continue to do this. This is our third year in a row where we can talk about a AFC Championship game. Ron, how are you on this uh, gloomy, uh, gloomy, foggy Wednesday evening? I'm definitely not gloomy or, or foggy. I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm oh. fired up. Um, oh I mean that that game was probably. I'll tell you guys, like that was that was the most intense I felt during a game, maybe in years as yeah. a Chiefs fan. Like yeah. I'm talking, like even last year, you include all that. Like that game. Being, you know, coming down to it being in Buffalo, kind of, you know, uh, uh, being able to end their end their season again. That was that was a fun win for Chiefs Kingdom. That was that was really fun to play the villain. Did you? Are you one of those people that when you watch a game, you've got to go like in another room, or you've got to be in a setting that that is good juju, or how do you just you just raw it up and it is what it is, however it happens. Dude, I used to be, uh-huh. and I as this team has won. I, I really, I hate to say it, but I really have gotten more loose and, and more just like, you know, yeah, I can be with family. I can be with a group of people. You know, obviously I'm writing most of the time during the game. But, uh, yeah, like I, it, it's okay. But that game, it was just me and the wife, and I'm glad it was because uh, she, she, uh, she kept me contained. You know, I was, I was a loose cannon during that game a few times. Ron, I want to ask you this because maybe I'm, you know, biased. I don't know. It seems that there's been more development with Travis Kelsey's routes or his availability in open space. And maybe this is something that's been tucked away. I know Andy Reid is very careful with his well-kept design secrets, but that touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey where there was not a soul around him looked like they were waiting for the right moment. Boy, did they nail it. Yeah, it was good play design. I know it's easy to, to just say, Hey, Buffalo blew a coverage, but 
it really was the Chiefs forcing Buffalo to kind of make a decision, and, and it ended up they made the wrong decision. Um, just with it's a it's a you know a very simple route concept having that corner out to the end zone and having an out route as well. But they added in this third route, and it really threw off those underneath defenders. Both of them kind of flew up when that cornerback really should have gained depth and, and been able to take away the Kelsey route. But he saw two routes in front of him, wasn't expecting that third route to, to be the corner behind him. It really was a good play design by by Andy Reid and. uh, specifically with Travis Kelsey, it was fascinating to me. You didn't see him get any targets or completions on crossing patterns this game at all. He was never running across the field on one of his catches. That's his staple in this offense. You know, that's, that's, that's what Mahomes loves to to hook up with him on right over the middle. He's, he's, he's running, you know, uh, horizontally 15, 20 yards downfield or even shallower. No, this game, it was all, he started on one side of the field, made a move to the sideline or just up the seam a little bit. It was pretty fascinating because I really think what you're seeing is that Rasheed Rice can do a lot of those crossing things, those crossing patterns that Kelsey, you know, is always still is obviously still good at. But having Rice be able to do that can maybe uh, free up Kelsey to do some other things that that you saw against Buffalo. It's AFC title week. I'm going to hit Ron with a little bit of a a complex question here, Ron. In a recent article for AP, you talked about how Mahomes exploited the Bills and. You said that they really made a habit of trying to go after A.J. Klein, practice squad veteran who was considering retirement. They went after him and after him and after him. So what did you see in that fashion? How did they do that? And how does that translate to what they might do against the Ravens? Who do you see them potentially targeting on the Ravens' defense? Well, yeah, so I think the Kelsey thing is is number one, an easy way to show that they were attacking 52. Hey, let our Hall of Fame tight end just go after this guy. And that's what he did. There was a few plays early on the first two drives of the game. He got big completions because he was just able to kind of take advantage of 52, trying to uh, take him away at the second level. But what it also was, Pete, we all saw the run game, the the powerful run game. I think what you, what you saw the chiefs do is really say, look, we know Buffalo is light at linebacker. They are going to be forced to play light in terms of they're really not going to be able to play three linebacker sets. They really don't anyway. They're, They're a nickel team, but hey, that means we're going to get into our heavy tight end sets. We're going to get our linemen pulling into space so they're blocking on those guys instead of blocking on the defensive linemen. It really was just like a, a, a forceful attack on not just 52, but just all of the banged-up second-level players for the Bills. It was the run game. It was getting those tight ends in so Blake Bell and Noah Gray can can dominate those blocks at the second level. Creed Humphrey pulling, Trey, Trey pulling. But that's the thing. All that to say Man, they have played some backup linebackers these last two games. They are not facing that in, in Baltimore. Yeah. It's going to be the complete flip, man. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are as, as good as it gets in terms of covering space. You know, their range, right? They're both very athletic. And so it's, it's going to be hard to maybe find the same windows over the middle that you saw in, in these last couple games to Kelsey or Rice. And so that will be tough. It will have to take more scheme, more, more preset motion, you know, more things to kind of force those guys to open up windows. And, and that's what Andy Reid's good at. So that's what that's the, the battle on Sunday. When it comes to this uh, battle on Sunday, I, I feel in my heart of hearts where I want to, as I put this puzzle together of what this game will be, I think it comes down to a game-winning field goal between the two best kickers in the league. I mean, Butker's been better than Justin Tucker. Wild to think in this game. But let's say that Mark Andrews does play. Um what does the situation look like with a guy in Isaiah Likely who's been a great surprise this year for the Baltimore Ravens? Do they kind of run that uh, that Patriots double tight end system, or is it more so like we're going to put Mark Andrews in in like twenty percent of the snaps and see how he feels, or is it is it like he's ready to go? 
Man, I'm interested because Isaiah likely has played so well. You know, you obviously don't want to take him off the field. And Mark Andrews is that kind of player, though, that, that is literally the number one target in that offense when he's healthy. So that's, that's really interesting. The thing I will say is I, it is a big deal because I think this, the, the, the way the Chiefs need to defend the Ravens is by trusting their defenders in coverage, right? Trusting their elite players to, to cover up these guys. We're, we're not talking about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. We're not talking about Stephon Diggs. We're not talking about some of the receivers this team has faced and some of the receiving cores this team has faced. You're talking about a rookie in Zay Flowers who was a very good player. I was a huge fan of him in the draft, but he's still a rookie and someone that either Snead or McDuffie, I feel like, could, could match up well against. On the outside, Aguilar and Odell. <laughs> okay, like, you know, Snead should be able to handle that. And Jalen Watson. Like, I would, I would have confidence in Jalen Watson being able to man up either of those guys. So it comes down to those tight ends, right? If you have both of them, that does put a lot of stress on Chiefs linebackers, Chiefs safeties. Um, kind of having to, to account for both of them because both are athletic. Both can make a play after the catch, before the catch. But if, if Andrews doesn't go for whatever reason, it is just likely. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say, yeah, cover him up. Man, trust Justin Reed or trust a Drew Tranquil to really man those guys up. And then use the rest of the guys to heat up Lamar and, and get after him and just try to get him to throw the ball quickly and get rid of the ball quickly. Make him try to trust his receivers against these coverage players. Make him you know, do that. And it's not, and, and I don't say that, you know, I know it's so easy to say, Oh, that's a, uh, maybe a negative on Lamar to say, make him throw. Right. I'm saying it because his receiving core really, I think is, is mismatched against this chief's coverage. I think the chief's coverage has the advantage. So the chiefs need to trust that and let the, and let their defenders really uh, uh, man up and, and, and kind of own the game themselves. Talking with our lead analyst, Ron Cop at Arrowhead pride. Ron, you wrote another piece for us about Chris Jones and the Chiefs' pass rush being relentless and eventually getting to Josh Allen. I, I guess what did you see from the Chiefs' defense last week that would translate to success this week against the Ravens? Well, I, I'll start with kind of the, the negative part of it, that I think for a lot of the game, you saw the defensive line get pushed around in the run game. You saw the defensive line, in my opinion, also – not be able to get off blocks as well as you'd kind of like in the, in, the, in the pass rush game. It is different pass rushing these mobile quarterbacks, right? You're not necessarily trying to fly off the ball and, and, and you know, you are kind of maybe engaging a little more and kind of, you know, uh, reacting from there. Still, though, you did see a lot of times where Josh Allen had the ability to kind of scramble, get, get away, because once he, he did get to his drop, once the coverage kind of covered up his options, there was no one getting off a block and, and kind of, you know, containing him. They were getting blocked up. The Ravens' offensive line is, is similarly or maybe even better um, slightly than the Bills' offensive line. But I will say the thing that, that is encouraging is you see the, the intelligence this team has. Uh, a Chris Jones where, you know, he, he was not going to the outside all game, right? He was staying as an interior rusher for the, for the bulk of the game. He went outside when he, he most wanted to, and it, and it turned out to be basically the game-deciding play or the game-winning play you can – you can say, because I think if Josh Allen steps into that throw that Chris Jones makes him, uh, you know, uh, he hits him into, it could have been a touchdown. Obviously, I trust Patrick Mahomes to go down and win it. He was, he was feeling himself. But, you know, they, they, they would have had to go score a touchdown. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have been able to just settle for a field goal. All that to say, yeah, I think Chris Jones just, you know, he, taking his spots to, you know, no, kind of understanding that now, you know, right? That's probably the, the step to his game he's taken these last couple of years is, is understanding that, kind of pacing himself. And it turned out to be the biggest play in the fourth quarter. So you just got to imagine that that'll happen again in, in, in the fourth quarter Sunday. 
Well, outside of uh, if the if the better half of yours thought it was a tough one on Saturday or Sunday last week, it's going to be even more tough this Sunday. But before you get there, what do you got working in the in the archives, Ron Cobb Jr. at Arrowhead Pride? Yeah, we'll be looking at, at, at something with the the Ravens for sure. We'll we'll be doing a little little, little preview AP film room. Um, we're going live tonight, so make sure you check that mm-hmm. out um, after the show around eight o'clock, I believe. Um, we'll be we'll be hitting the 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 film review from the Bills, but. We'll be doing a little uh, Ravens preview, too, and then five things to watch as always. So make sure you check that out, arrowheadpride.com. Well, hopefully we've got two more weeks after this week, and we have a, we have a ride to Vegas show for, for a couple Wednesdays. Ron, thanks for your time as always, and we'll check in with you next Wednesday if there is a win. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. Ron Cobb Jr., the lead film analyst over at One Arrowhead Pride, the best website for all of your Chiefs information. One Arrowhead Pride. It's kind of, you know, the One Arrowhead Pride. Okay. Not, were, not the address. You made a mistake of the ad, yeah. I didn't put in the the. Mm. I went pre Facebook. I went the. Mm. That's my bad. Lose the. Yeah, lose the the. Facebook. Nobody likes things that are the. Mm. Except the Rock. Everybody likes the Rock. Do you hear that just got branded by the WWE? They just trademarked the What's Rock. That? They just trademarked the Rock. Mm. They went to Netflix. They sold it for five billion dollars or some nonsense like that. And now they uh, they took the Rock's trademark. So, took them long enough. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. WrestleMania this like, Saturday. You know, trademark's like 40 You've got a loaded weekend, man. Does yeah. the lady know this yet? That you've got Royal Rumble on Saturday? Already found somewhere in Baltimore to watch it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you only watched one season of The Wire and then never watched anymore. What are you doing listening to 610 during your off time? Get away, I love Robin C. Don, man. What? Listen to some music or I'm something. I'm driving into work. Yeah. I went and met a friend at Enjoy, had a little smoothie. The only person who listens to 610 when they're not here are you and Sean Barber. No, that's not true. <laughs> so I don't listen to 610. I just had to be driving into work. Oh, here like, we go. I don't want to listen to my, my music. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. We get to dive into Baltimore. We get Pete's, uh, we get Pete's opinions. Mm. I don't want to steal 41 stuff. I don't want Aaron Ladd, Pete's who also take. listens, and DM me and be like, hey, man, get your own content. Right. Coming up on the other side, it's Baltimore. It's AFC Championship Talk. It's Pete Sweeney, Rob Brent, Dusty Lagan. You listen to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Don't forget, it's the AFC Championship Preview Show. So at the end, in about 10 minutes, yo, Pete, 913-586-7610. You can ask Pete whatever you want about the Baltimore-Kansas City matchup that will be played in a matter of what? Five days, four days, four days, four days. Math is tough for your boy over here. Um, I do want to get into a little bit of some audio nuggets that I had found uh, prior to the show, because this does seem like there are multiple storylines throughout this game. I think that's the obvious, right? It is Andy Reid, John Harbaugh. Um, I think there's a lot of, and what I've been running with is like the mirror image of each other against these two teams. This was Lamar Jackson, when he was asked about facing Patrick Mahomes. I don't like competing against him at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even a, a no-brainer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but it, it's just, I believe it's just two, two, two greats, um, up-and-coming greats, just going toe-to-toe, you know, like a heavyweight fight. So there is no uh, debate that there is a battle of, I don't know, two of the best quarterbacks in the league this year, I know Patrick Mahomes, you could say, had a down year, but again, here he is 
once again yeah. in the playoffs, flawless so far in the playoffs. It's been a completely different uh, revamped sort of offense. But it's nice to hear the honesty uh, from Lamar Jackson. Be like, I don't like to face him at all. Be honest with you. Like, you don't really hear this from other quarterbacks. Like, Burrow in the past, it's always been, you know, look, it's going to be an exciting matchup. He's great. You know, we have a good team. You hear things like from Josh Allen, like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's always beating our ass. It's not a rivalry. We don't win blank. Lamar Jackson, straight up. Hey, look, I don't like face him at all. Is 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 there more pressure on Baltimore in this game mm-hmm. or Kansas City? I think it's always the opposition with okay. with any of these teams because Kansas City has got two Super Bowls in the right. past four years. They've won championships. They've thrown parades. Patrick Mahomes has won two MVPs. He's won Super Bowl MVPs, and so whenever you get to this stage and the Chiefs are still involved, of course the pressure is going to be on the other team. If the Chiefs were to advance on Sunday and they get the Lions or the 49ers, those teams have pressure because they haven't had Super Bowls uh, in a very long time. The Lions have never had had one. And so right. uh, I think at this stage, especially just considering the year for the Chiefs where in a way it was a we got to establish our identity again, that type of thing, you start to, I think, see that the pressure is always going to be on the other team. Like look at the amount of pressure that Josh Allen had on his back the other night. And – I think toward the end of the game, you started to see where that impacts the game. I mean, they got a little bit more passive at the end. They got a little bit afraid, I think, of giving the Chiefs the ball back and not having a a lead there or leaving the Chiefs with too much time. The pressure is always going to be on the opposing team until you get another team that starts to win as many championships as the Chiefs have had in recent memory. When you also look at this team, and I I brought this up with Ron Cobb Jr., how crazy is it that these two teams are just so almost evenly comparable throughout the entire facets of the game. Like Patrick Queen, Nick Bolton, right? Both like really good run stopping middle of the field linebackers, right? Patrick Queen probably a little more versatile, more like a maybe like a Willie Gay, but you look at Harrison Butker, Justin Tucker, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Zay Flowers, Rashi Rice, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, their defense, number one in scoring defense, Kansas City's number two, uh Harbaugh Reed. There's a lot of really close similarities in this game. I don't Personally, as of right now, Wednesday night, four days out, I don't see this game being one of those, like, you know, epic shootouts. I think both defenses are way too good. I think the adjustments both teams make in the second half are, you know, yeah, we can go back to both games, right? You look at Baltimore, that game was 10-10 against Houston and the rookie C.J. Stroud. They ended up winning that game, what, 34-10, 24? They went on a 24-point run without being answered. So the adjustments were clearly made against the rookie. You look at the Chiefs, they made adjustments towards the run in the second half and kind of figured things out as well. Um, Am I wrong saying that they mirror image each other pretty close or is it, you know, they're completely opposite? No, great defensive strains. I think the the quarterback play is uh, elite. You mentioned the kickers, uh, even down to the kickers, right on par with each other. And I think the big difference here that you're seeing with the Ravens as opposed to these first two rounds for the Chiefs are they're very much healthier on defense and their defense is going to be able to match the Chiefs defense. And it's a little bit of which offense blinks first uh, again. You know, I, I say this a lot. When we get down to the final four, it can, anything can happen. It can go any way. And that's because these teams are so on par with each other. They're so good by this point that the smallest mistake could change the course of NFL history. And I think that's the type of thing that you see Sunday, the Chiefs need to be cleaner than they were last week if they're going to beat this team because mm-hmm. they're playing really well. The The Ravens have just been able to beat good teams in the, in this league by multiple scores on multiple occasions. And so Kansas City's going to have to play a really clean brand of football if they're to win this game. The thing 
is likewise for Baltimore as well. Is there any sort of belief that there is the cloudy, grim reaper-ish feeling that Baltimore has when it is Kansas City? Because I know in the past when mm-hmm. you would watch, you know, the Patriots play, right? And it didn't matter if it was Peyton in Indianapolis or if it was Pittsburgh yeah. or whoever it might have been that got to play New England in the AFC Championship game, whether it was in Foxborough or elsewhere, there was still always that feel where it's like, it's Brady and Belichick right. coming here. It doesn't matter what their season was. It's it's the playoffs. Is that kind of now the feeling in the NFL, no matter who the opponent is at this point, with this being the Chiefs' sixth consecutive trip to this game? I think especially after last week. I mean, I think you can make a case where the Chiefs, when they were hosting five straight AFC title games, it always felt like, okay, you were getting the other team on your turf. Now Mahomes is going to opposing stadiums and stealing the the year from them. And I, I think you can build off that. Like I, I like that the Chiefs are coming off a road game when they have to go to road on the road in Baltimore and play the best team this year because they have that confidence already. And I think you have that in your brain where you, you mentioned the Grim Reaper-ish thing where it's ticking. It's like it's just a matter of time before Mahomes rips your heart out. And they saw it firsthand last week, and I think that only adds to the pressure of the Baltimore Ravens team. How do you see this game being played? You see it as a as a juggernaut versus juggernaut and all defensive stats thrown to the side, or is this one of those like like you'd mentioned with Buffalo in the John Madden class that you took in high school, which was whoever has the ball yeah. last wins? Yeah, I, I think the first – the first team to, to to cross the goal line is is going to have just a, a huge, I think, mental advantage in this game because I, I do think it could be a defensive struggle where you see the offenses um, having to kick field goals and it's one of those grinded out type of games. But I, I like Kansas City a lot more this week than I did last week just because of we saw the offense have this breakthrough. And now that they have, it's like, can you repeat that against a healthy defense? And, you know, Ron was kind of alluding to that. He, he thinks... There's room for optimism, but also this is a lot tougher than it was against the Bills and, and the Dolphins. But I I think Kansas City's feeling themselves right now, and they should. And as we've been talking about this entire segment, man, the pressure's on Baltimore to get it done because this is a what would be considered, compared to other years, a vulnerable Chiefs team. And despite those vulnerabilities, all they got to do is win one game and they're back to the Super Bowl. Percentage of trust that this offense can do it one more week, clean slate. I know they had the McCall Hardman fumble, but Mahomes is – interceptionless yeah. um, drop. There's been maybe one or two, but here we go. I think if I'm being truthful about a confidence level against this Ravens defense, I'm like cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. So maybe like in the six or seven range um, where I, I feel like it's back in a way, okay. but you also don't want to run into a situation where you stall in the first quarter. There's a couple of these three and outs, and then suddenly you're, you're, you're against the ropes. So, you know, I think you want to see the offense play well from the beginning of the game on more confident in this given you were against Buffalo much more much okay. more yeah coming up on the other side it's yo Pete 913-586-7610 for those of you that are hard of hearing in the back 913-586-7610 yo Pete coming up on the other side on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio final segment here on Arrowhead Pride Radio on this lovely gloomy Wednesday night love to see it just me I don't know Makes the uh, makes that Pinot Noir go down a little nicer on a on a Wednesday night. You know what I mean? Wednesday Pinot tonight. That's right, baby. That's right. What a little vino for the Sweeno, am I right? Hey. Yeah, I would like that. I would like that. Pinot uh, for the Sweeno. Dusty doesn't invite me. What are you making with the one? How first off? How weird would that be if you told your girlfriend, "Hey, I'm gonna go to my buddy Dusty's house for some Pinot Grigio." Yeah, we're gonna share some Pinot. He'd be single in like five minutes. No. Why don't you stay at Dusty's house and have fun at your sleepover? Yeah. What do you? What food are you making? Salmon and Brussels sprouts. Ooh. Pairs well. 
Aaron Ladd wants to come over with the salmon. You don't like salmon? He drafted salmon. Look second who's overall. listening now, Pete. In the, in the, no, <laughs> yeah. in the fish draft. No, C dot told me when I came in uh, earlier that uh, anyway. I, apparently, there was a fish draft, and uh, and Aaron drafted. What's your salmon. number one overall pick in the fish draft? Lobster, of course. That's a fish. That's yeah. like a crustacean. I mean, just for the record, because I'm here, I will yeah. clarify. It was a draft of dishes that feature seafood. Okay, I was so, saying like <laughs> it was a fish draft. <laughs> it wasn't if it's lobster. So the first overall pick, Carrington took a surf and turf because oh, there's hmm. turf, lobster tail. Okay, yeah. What's your overall number one fish, Rob? My first pick was a shrimp and grit. <laughs> you know who's got a really good shrimp and grip? Third Street Social. <laughs> Every week, In send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. And time for you to say, yo, Pete, mm-hmm. and then fill up your question right after. I'll take the stage real quick because this is from our fan Bryson. He says, hey, this is Bryson. Hey, Dusty. I think the Chiefs will win if they control the line of scrimmage, with, win the time of possession battle, and win the turnover battle. What do you think, Pete, from Bryson? Yeah, that all sounds good. I, That's I, a hell of a three-leg parlay there. I think that if the Chiefs, you know, don't make those self-inflicted mistakes, they pretty much are, can beat anybody. It's just that has been such a problem for the majority of this year. A little bit better, you know, last week with, with everything on the line. Still didn't avoid having, like, a mistake-free game. I mean, you, you remove the turnovers from the game. They mm-hmm. play without penalties. They should win. Yeah, I, I it's hard to disagree with that statement. How many turnovers does uh, Patrick Mahomes have so far in the playoffs? How many drops does Rasheed Rice have in the playoffs so far? Thank you. He's putting up a zero, by the way. Double zeros. Uh, from the seven two zero, Yo Pete, does Snead travel this week? If so, what Ravens wide receiver? Shadow, I think maybe is what they were thinking. What did he? What was the verb? Travel. Travel and shadow could both work. Fair enough. I've never heard travel. Yeah. Um, I'm not smart, though. Got to think. Zay Flowers, right? I would uh, probably be the... So you could put McDuff on Odell Beckham Jr.? The, yeah, that would be the guess. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, usually Snead travels with the with the wide receiver that, that does the most damage. He's been proving that um, you know, throughout the season. So I, w- I would guess in that direction, but okay. I don't know. I, I'm just going to ask Steve tomorrow when we get him. Coach Steve. I kind of want to try his his wife's pasta. It's always talked about in like Chris Jones's world or other people. They oh, say Marie Anna meatballs. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'm a sucker for meatballs. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Meatball sub, meatball and spaghetti, baked Steve spaghetti. Spagnolo has said that uh, Mrs. Maria Spagnolo has just these to die for meatballs. Uh, and I think there was a joke a couple weeks ago that, he, you know, maybe they would bring some in for the, the, Ooh, the writers. You and, better uh, save me so if they do. You know, our friends at Chiefs PR shut that down real, real quick. Ah, man. Yo, Pete, do we see Andy Reid design safe bubble screen to McCall Hardman in the first half? Or has Reid shown he's done with that experiment from the 913? No, I, I think, you know, Andy never really gives up on these guys. And so... We've seen it from drive to drive. First play of the game. Someone has a bad drop or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. I, that House call. And and he likes playing into that motivation. They're, motivation. they're really motivated to make up for their mistake the last time. So uh, what I would tell you is I I hope it's not at the goal line. <laughs> yeah. But I think McCole, like the, the over on zero and a half touches is good for this one. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
Yo, Pete. Wanye Morris possibly filling in at left guard instead of Allegretti. Some possible pros and cons to either guy, in my opinion. What do you think? No, I think it'll, the nine one three. Yeah, I think it'll be Allegretti. Uh, just more reps at the pro level uh, at guard, and uh, what Morris has been doing. I mean, we saw him at practice today. He was a, a full participant. So hopefully, uh, things are on the up and up when it comes to that concussion stuff. Uh, and he'll be, in my estimation, backing up uh, what would be Donovan Smith. From the 720, yo, Pete, do you think Willie Gay will be effective enough and disciplined as a spy versus Lamar Jackson? That is from Micah in Denver. You have to hope so. Mm-hmm. It's going to be such a key to the game. Uh, the problem with uh, Jackson when he gets out of the pocket, like other quarterbacks, you worry about that and maybe they achieve the first down and then go down where Jackson, he finds these these windows where if you miss him, I mean, it could cost you like 40 yards. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone has seen it. Obviously, such a key for this game. Somebody says from the 75, yo, Pete Binkley is always listening as well to 610 from you, Casey Kirk. You think? I mean, I would think so. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah. I forgot to say the end of this uh, yo, Pete one. It says, uh, do you think he's done with that experiment and save the touch for 10-4-87? Side note, Pacheco runs like the plaid prints late to a Burberry outlet sale. Then they finish with love you guys. <laughs> What are you, MJF? People think I'm very finger up. I mean, I, I you think so? Do I give that impression? You said today that you could outdrink Travis Kelsey and then you would do an Irish goodbye. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, that's a finger up. That's like Travis Kelsey. You the would Irish definitely goodbye. be like, hey, man, I can see you. Have a good night. For what it's worth, I didn't say outdrink. I said I would have to do an Irish goodbye before you know it got to be too much to, to maintain some I do feel like I could hang with Travis Kelsey. Oh. 1,000%. Well, we're s- s- kind of the same age. You, you would would you guys be doing beers? You think, or would you be going with Pinot like you are tonight? I don't think he's. If we're going out, it's beer for a couple beer. Pinot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, if he was like, "Hey, come over to the crib. I got some, you know, people Pinos. over." You better believe I'm going to get a nice bottle of Pinot and be like, "Hey, Taylor, this is my buddy Paul Westfall, his wine store." I drop his name first and last and be like, "Hey, try so this." Taylor's there too in this fantasy that you have. No, it's not a fantasy. I'm just saying I'd have to, I could I could party with Travis. All right. From the 913, yo, Pete, what are the chances Richie James being the hero slash X-Factor in the Ravens game? Wow. Richie James being a hero or an X-Factor. <laughs> Didn't think I'd get to that point Whoa. this year Lose in the Airhead Friday radio Lose show. he breaks off a return, you never know, right? Uh, we've seen returns be very important uh, last year for Kansas City and what they were able to do in the title game and then the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. if a, a guy is uh, the returner of choice, you never know. Okay. Low, though. Low percentage. Chance, though. Non-zero. From the 816, Kelsey is double your size. You're not out drinking him, legend Likens. Well, you've never hung out with me when I've gotten after it. Mm. I put 24 Miller lights down at one day and still stood tall. Well, um, what what's the average that you do on the golf course and that you like to... Rob, you want to fill in on this? I mean, average? Yeah. What how's, is he, how's he playing? How What's he like at the turn? Because that changes Let, the calculus. Let's just say he's playing poorly. Oh, man, it's... Uh, myself, it'd be a 12-er because mm. it'd be probably... I was going to say 8 to 10 is probably the number. Okay. Wow. Like, Rob and I will literally buy, like, a 17-pack. And if his if his fiance is listening, just just go with it. Um, but we will. Uh, <laughs> that's not there at the end of the at the end of the tour, right? So I'm just telling you. Okay. Um, yo, Pete. If we end up getting past the Ravens and winning the Super Bowl, what does that say about Mahomes' legacy? And how much sooner do you think we can really start having a solid conversation about my about Mahomes taking over Tom Brady as the goat? But Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls, so yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. I think if you're going to start seriously talking about that, you got to see where. 
Mahomes' age is when he gets to four. Yeah. And so right now we're at two. So we, we got a couple of years. Fair enough. That's Pete Sweeney, Rob Britton. Thanks for all your help tonight. It's been Arrowhead Pride Radio. Go do nice things for people who could change their day, week, month, or year. No matter what life throws at you, just keep your head up. Keep going forward. That's right. Kansas City, I love you. Coming up on the other side, it's K-State basketball here on 610 Sports Radio. We'll be back tomorrow night on Thursday evening. Good night, Kansas City. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.